Hello there. From Feels Like Friday Films and Radio Nowhere, this is Did You Hear This? With your hosts, Zach and Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting, invigorating, and effervescent episode of <laughs> Did You Hear This? I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me as always is my bearded friend. Bearded. Bearded. Is that your name now? We're just gonna. Uh, go, this is the this is the Paul and Bearded show. Uh, bearded. If I'm bearded, then you're g goateed. That's, so. that's true. I, although I think this is a Van Dyke since it has a mustache. Anyway, folks, we're we're back for another episode of chaos, humor, and depression. Uh, and apparently, going to be enormous and enforcing. I well, don't... you know, effervescent maybe is another one. What are some oh, other e words we could do here? You and I, effervescent. I mean, we are definitely the bubbliest people you know. That's exaggerated. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Encapsulated. Enraged. And heartened. <laughs> oh. Interlocking. That's an interesting one. And also an eye. <laughs> uh, so. Before this goes too far off the rails, Zach, why don't you get us started? All right. So I am Zach Bearded. And uh, we've got an interesting one for you today. It's, I'll give you a little backstory on it. So as most of you probably know, fascism is alive and strong in the country. Boy, do I, I yearn for those days 10 years ago when you throw out the term Nazi and you were pretty much just being hyperbolic. Fold. I mean, got, I mean, to be fair, when we called people Nazis back then, we weren't exactly wrong, given the, you know, the decade that's gone since. It's true. It's true. But at least they were closeted. That's mm. <laughs> and now, uh, you know, there's you can pair up Indiana Jones with real world events and you get the same book burning scene. So it was a, it was a hard week, I think, for all of us mentally. And it's really mm-hmm. easy to get fixated on how shit the world is going right now uh, with banning books, burning books, these crazy laws, Paul and I. Uh, took a look at three separate laws from Indiana, Iowa, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, uh, yes, it's not bad time okay to be okay. bad. Bad time to be a teacher in any of those states. Bad time to be uh, a teacher, then even worse, added onto those states. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to do it <laughs> for my own <laughs> mental health. And I had a friend send me a TikTok, and I don't think he realized it, but it was absolutely the perfect TikTok for the time. And this came from a representative from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I want to remind you all that, you know, if you've been feeling like kind of bleh about how things are going, or even if you feel worse, even if you feel like everything is doomed and no one's looking out and like, like you want to just feel resigned because of cynicism about the world, I want you to know that you're falling for propaganda. Now, let me explain myself, because this is not about just being like, oh, be optimistic, be happy-go-lucky. No, you're falling for propaganda because the ruling class in this country, powerful people, billionaires, media, etc., they don't want working people seeing how they're winning because they don't want people to start getting more ideas. You know, if 
a strike successfully worked, like we saw this summer with John Deere, and it's plastered like all over the place, uh, which we got more coverage on it now more than labor has in the past, but still more coverage on it, then more people are going to want to strike. If delivery workers who just secured massive, like game-changing progress on worker protections in New York City, we still have more to go. But if there was a ton of coverage on that, then maybe delivery workers will start organizing um, across the country. And as someone who has a front seat that has been entrusted uh, with public, with a seat of public power and trust you all have given me, I have a front row seat to seeing how big companies actually hire lobbyists to kill these stories. Perfect. Amazing. But the bulk of it is, she says, it's really easy to get fixated on all these things when, you know, it just looks like loss after loss after loss. But you're not focusing on the right things. Right? Mm-hmm. Where we, all, we do have wins and we should be focusing on the wins. And she specifically pointed out to wins on labor uh, and pointed out the John Deere strike, which mm-hmm. workers actually won. Look at mm-hmm. the Kellogg strike, which workers actually won. Shoot, there's even uh, there's there's a union movement to uh, start unionizing fast food workers in various places. They want a big uh, contract at Burgerville. Mm-hmm. Um, they want a contract, I think, at one of the Starbucks locations yep. this last summer. Yeah, um, Starbucks. So- mm-hmm. Actually, not even the summer, more recent than that. But yeah, yeah. and so- these are amazing, huge things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I cut you off there, Paul. You had a no, sell. no, 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 no. I I think that's just. Uh, you know, as, as we're seeing uh, these strikes um, that are producing results, it's a good reminder, especially in these difficult times, as we're looking at uh, things that seem to be trapping us into a dark path. Uh, it's important to remember that that power of a union, that power of collective organization um, is so important in terms of pushing back against these things that appear on the horizon, like these education bills um, now these bills may may they haven't been passed necessarily. Yeah, um, but they're been in introduced very heavily Republican areas. But I would imagine that they will be immediately challenged by the unions on legal grounds. I think it's important to note, you know, unions aren't the only thing going on here. It's not Agreed. all about organiz- organization. The key takeaway is that we tend to lose focus on things that are essentially culture wars, and these are. From the very beginning, we're talking 1600s colonization when when they realized that poor blacks and poor whites were starting to work together and that there were more of them than the wealthy and the powerful. Mm-hmm. They started creating these culture wars. And that's really what it is. Book burning's a culture war. Like, is that really the biggest issue facing the nation, whether or not kids read the graphic novel Mouse? Like, no, absolutely not. You know, Harry Potter's demonic. Throw it out. Like, who the f- if you don't want your kids to read it, don't let them read it. But like burning it is ridiculous. And the fact that these are the things that are catching people's attention and taking up so much of both the media and people's mental states is is absurd. It's distraction and it's wealthy people and those in power on all sides of the political spectrum. They want this. They want this because it distracts you from actual change. Mm-hmm. The real the real fight here is the poor and disenfranchised versus the wealthy and empowered. 
So this sort of falls under a Marxian worldview here, where one of the things that Karl Marx argues um, in Das Kapital is that um, the 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 way that the bourgeoisie, the the rich, the wealthy, and the middle upper middle class um, keep the workers down is by sowing discontent between us and by uh, controlling the narrative of what is going on in the world to make it seem like we're more divided. Um, and I not to bring up Rise of Skywalker, which is of course a left field pull here, but there's a there's a whole point to that movie at the very end where it's about the fact that if we organize ourselves together, uh, we're stronger than mm-hmm. we are uh, against a bully single-handedly. People in power want to shift the the conversation. I mean, take a look at, at it. You started seeing over the summer articles on these wage wars, on unionization, on strikes. There was a lot of worker momentum. There's more worker power right now than there has been in over a hundred years. And we see it. We see it every day when we go, you know, out into our society and you go to eat at a restaurant or you stop at a store and you can tell that there are fewer people working these jobs. And Mm -hmm. that's, first of all, to those who are working these jobs, let's all just be a little nicer, a little kinder. They're they're people too. They're people too. And, you know, I've often said that everyone should work retail at least once in their lives. Retail understand what that's like. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other side of it is in, in doing that and in these workers resigning and holding out for better jobs, better wages, Um, The question isn't why are we, you know, why are we going to pay fast food workers $15? It's why is it that I can't become a fast food worker and make enough money to survive? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the minimum wage was established for, Mm -hmm. you know, and look what happened when you started seeing that momentum in that movement. Mm -hmm. Suddenly the arguments became cultural again. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, CRT popped up. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a coincidence. CRT is literally meaningless. It's a fight over nothing. It really is. It's one way of analyzing history that's taught in really law school primarily, right? <laughs> no one's, no one's t- taking that critical lens into your kindergartner's class. <laughs> but let's make it about that, something that, to separate us. And notice, again, people in power doing everything they can to stay in power putting other people down. It's not about race. It's not. No, it's not. It's about the power construct in this mm-hmm. country. And they use race to mm-hmm. maintain it. It's a, it, by the way, racism hurts white people too. It's yeah. actually bad for everyone. Yes, it is. So great. Um, like it's just, so it's easy to lose sight of those things. And you get the distractions that pop up and there are wealthy people, wealthy corporations, because corporations have more rights than people in this country mm-hmm. that will purposely pay people in power like politicians mm-hmm. to distract the country from what's real. Yep. We don't, we don't argue over politics anymore at all. Like it used to be our arguments where here's a problem. This is how I want to fix it. This is how you want to fix it. Let's, let's debate that. Right. That's that's not the issue anymore. Now. The, issue, the issue is you're not on my side, so drop debt. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not like, how are we going to help poor people? Now it's, we think we should help poor people. It's, you, you want to help poor people? <laughs> For no reason. For absolutely yeah. no reason. Yeah. So what are the, So then on the other side of that, what are some positives we can take away? 
absolutely. P- labor has power and some labor is starting to use it. Don't lose sight of that. Don't mm-hmm. lose sight of the victories. They want you to, because if you feel like the world is shit, they actually want us to be in these depression holes that I've been in for the last five years, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're not going to do anything. Yeah. Agreed. But if you're like, oh, I can't change anything, then you're not going to. But look, we are changing things. So focus on the positives and don't lose sight of what the real struggle is. All right, Paul, that's enough of our ranting, I think, for today. Take us to our local story. Let's focus on that localness you've been talking about. All right. So this isn't actually local. It's it's an it's a semi-international story. Is it uh, a semi-aquatic but... marine mammal? I wish. Oh. A platypus? <laughs> Perry the platypus. All right. Uh no, this is a story from the Washington Post. Um, and it's it's one that is uh very heartwarming in a different way, I think. This relates to the very beginning of the pandemic, as well as how the pandemic has played out uh, internationally and nationally since. So this is an article titled, A Man in a Star Wars Costume Gives Free Masks to Travelers. Meet Mm. the Maskalorian. So the story is uh, that this gentleman who describes himself as the Maskalorian, the giver of masks, Um, says that his first public appearance back in summer of 2020, um, he wanted to do something to spread awareness of the importance of wearing masks. And so he would go out on the streets. This guy's name is Matt Adams. He's a filmmaker and improv performer, which, yep, of course. Uh, And he dresses up as the character of the Mandalorian uh, and takes a bunch of masks with him, puts on a harness that has Baby Yoda in it, and walks uh, around. I'm sorry, not Baby Yoda. We know the name now. Okay. Puts Grogu in a, in a child carrier. Um, although in this case, he's renamed the doll uh, Masku. Um, <laughs> and together, they've given away roughly 1,000 masks. Um, he's been spotted in Austria, New York City, and traveling various places around the world since. Um He says, I just kind of wanted to see, I wonder if I can encourage people in a playful and humorous way. And I think that this is the kind of thing that we're talking about when we say we need to look at happier stories. This is someone who saw an opportunity, um, picked this idea out of the cultural zeitgeist of our time um, with what was at the time the biggest streaming show uh, internationally and used that for good. Took this opportunity to go out and spread awareness and act in a way that promoted public health. Um, And I think that's beautiful. That's the kind of kindness that we just don't see that much anymore um, because it's not reported on as much. And so I think when you see things like this or when you volunteer to do things like this, what you're doing is you're participating in the social contract in a way that is so important and so positive. And so I just wanted to make sure and share that with all of our listeners as well as you, Zach. Yeah. And one thing I really love about this, too, is if you go back a year to some of our previous conversations about toxic Star Wars fandom, this is an amazing example of what is the majority of the fandom. They're just not as vocal. Mm-hmm. You know, the charitable, kind, giving part of the fandom. Exactly. And I think that's sort of the point of Star Wars for all these years. Lucas has always said it's a it's supposed to be a family entertainment and it's something that 
we can be divided on and we can have debates about, but at the end of the day, it's for everyone, men, women, children, grandparents, you know, robots Mm -hmm. when they eventually rise, it's for everyone. And so I think that kind of universal appeal coupled with a message of public health is so powerful. You got it. Yeah. Lucas has done some really cool things too. Like when his wealthy neighbors complained and he sold his property for like a dollar for low income housing. Mm-hmm. Like Love he's it. made some terrible cinematic choices over the years, but uh, he seems to be a pretty decent guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say even those terrible cinematic choices have become somewhat beloved. Anyway, uh, that's our uh, that's our show for this week, folks. Did You Hear This is a Radio Nowhere production, co-produced by Feels Like Friday Films. This week, we got a voice clip from Congressperson Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and this week's musical song of the week, as chosen by Zach, is The Clash's I'm Not Down. Enjoy!
from all of us here. Have a better tomorrow.